This is the Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast. It's brought to you by my friends at Brandon Legal Group. They are supporters of my golf tournaments, proud supporters of the Todd Wright Tour. They were responsible for dozens of golf balls won by the winning team. Uh, winning teams. We have four. We had four winning teams at the Todd Wright Tour Championship at Buckhorn Springs a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't have done it without Brandon Legal Group. Uh, they play in my golf events. They'll be playing in the next one, scheduled for July 28th. And everyone I have met at Brandon Legal Group, I enjoy meeting, being around, having them at my events. They want to do more for my golf events. I'm very comfortable telling you that if you have a legal question or a legal need, that a phone call you can easily make to ask a couple simple questions can go to Brandon Legal Group. And again, it doesn't matter if you live in Brandon or not. They are a full-service law firm. They serve Brandon and the greater Tampa Bay area. Here's the number, 844-4BLG-4ME. 844-4BLG-4ME. I can imagine that when you have a legal need and you don't know where to turn, you're a little nervous about making that initial call. I don't think you'll have any issue talking to Brandon Legal Group based on my dealings with them for golf tournament purposes. I've gotten to know people in the office. And it can be as simple as use me as an icebreaker. The phone call could be, yeah, hi, um, I don't know if you can help me with something, but I know Todd Wright speaks highly of you guys, so can you answer a question or two? It can be that simple. Use me as your fallback. They'll tell you if they can help you. They'll schedule a free consult with you, or they'll simply say, I'm sorry for whatever reason. They can't help you. I don't know how these things work, but I do know good people. Brandon Legal Group. 844-4BLG-4ME. Proud supporter of the Todd Wright Tour. And uh, reach out to them as they are a full-service law firm for any of your legal needs or legal questions. A lot of people have questions now about what to expect in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Lightning and Capitals. Lightning missing an opportunity to eliminate the Capitals in Game 6 which was last night as we post this at roughly 12 noon, uh, the day after uh, Game 6. So uh, we go to a Game 7. The Lightning won a Game 7 in this spot, 2004, beating the Philadelphia Flyers, go on to win the Stanley Cup. Lightning have lost Game 7s in this spot, losing a Game 7 in uh, in Boston uh, in the East Finals, a penalty-free game back in uh, 2011 what I often call the most overlooked postseason in Lightning history. That was a Guy Boucher coach team. Lightning lose a Game 7 to the Pittsburgh Penguins a couple years ago. Penguins go on, win the first of two Stanley Cups, uh, beating the San Jose Sharks that year. Uh, This one is at home, much like the Lightning were at home in 2004. I was at the game, many of you were also, when they defeated the Philadelphia Flyers. Goals will probably be at an extreme premium in this Game 7. It's just the nature of Game 7s. It's the way these games are played. Um, You're so careful about not making a mistake. 
uh, that can go the other way or that can lead to the one goal that uh, you don't want to think about the entire offseason. We had a lot of that in Game 6. The Lightning simply were... They were chasing too much. They were. They... Look, they didn't have to play desperate, uh, but they clearly did not play as well as Washington did in Game 6. Just because you don't have to play desperate and you're not facing elimination if you lose... um, I'm not saying that the Lightning attitude as a team was bad. Uh, They just didn't have the same energy um, and execution that Washington did. Uh, Washington played like a desperate team, played to the level of their talent, um, didn't make many mistakes. Holtby played very well. I still think Vasilevsky is a better goaltender. I still think 80 to 85 people or more, if you ask them outside a 75-mile radius of uh, Tampa or Washington, D.C., uh, would take Vasilevsky over Holtby. Um, but that doesn't mean Holtby can't have good games. I don't necessarily think he outplayed Vasilevsky. I just think his team played better in front of him uh, because Vasilevsky clearly had much more work. And we've seen this uh, second and third period of game five. Um, What was the, uh, the game where the lightning went 21 minutes without a, uh, without a shot on net was that game five, game four. Um, Vasilevsky's been seeing a lot of work. Um, It wasn't a good game. For Look, it's easy to look on the offensive end and say, well, he didn't score, he didn't score, he didn't score. Nobody scored, okay? Nobody scored. So let's, let's just look in other areas. It wasn't necessarily a good game uh, for the Lightning defensemen overall. Um, now, on a lot of the Ovechkin shifts, Ovechkin was shadowed for as much as he was doing out there and as active as he was, he wasn't the guy that won Washington this game. You know, he was, he was the guy who nearly sent game five to overtime, but it wasn't Ovechkin may have set the tone. If you want to look at it that way, but I don't look at game six and say, well, yeah, I mean, Ovechkin won it. No, he played great. Um, But he didn't put pucks in the net that, won the game for Washington. Uh, Oshie did on the power play. And if you're a Lightning fan saying, well, that shouldn't have been a penalty. Yeah, you know what? You're right. But think back to some other Lightning power play goals earlier in this series where Caps didn't necessarily commit a penalty. And just bite your tongue on that. You do. You bite your tongue on that. Uh, so Oshie scores. Oshie's a, a really talented guy. You know, he's one of those guys that when the Caps added him in recent years, I even thought, well, they're adding the right people to try to get over the hump. He's one of those guys. Um, so he gets the power play goal. And then the second goal that basically sealed it, uh, which was, you know what? The second goal for Washington in game six that basically sealed it was a lot like, the 
fourth line goals scored by the Lightning in the first minute of game five, first period, and the first minute of game five, second period. When you score goals like that, you just want it more. That's what it looked like in game five that favored the Lightning. That's what it looked like on that second goal in game six. Um, I said during this series, I make appearances on Bobby Fenton's show on Lightning Power Play in some of the uh, pregame coverage leading up to the game itself hours in advance. And Bobby and I didn't actually do this where we were going to, you know, sort of rank the Lightning players one through 20 um, or just, you know, take the goalies out one through 18 and say, all right, who's better? One, one verse one, two verse two. But a couple of players that I brought up to, uh, to Fenton were Orloff, who had a bad game five, but has had a really good series overall. Um, and Devonte Smith Pelly was the other guy that I brought up uh, because Smith Pelly, yeah, he's a fourth line player, um, but he's got a skill set. Uh, he gets pucks on net. He thinks about scoring, um, and just his uh, his jump, his energy. Uh, throughout these playoffs for the Capitals has seemed very good. And you saw that on the second goal Um, with his hustle, uh, with his play, his role in that goal. And obviously it makes uh, Nikita Kucherov look bad. Uh, It was as bad a game for Nikita Kucherov as game three of the Boston series was that we talked about at length here on the podcast. Most of you didn't like what I said about Stamkos, uh, and that got most of the attention, but I singled out 91 and 86 at a time where the Lightning clearly were pushing to win that series. 91 and 86 weren't carrying their weight. Um, And... 91 and 86 stay together. You know, John Cooper for game three of this capital series switched Miller off that line, put Palat on it. Um, but uh, I'd say since that game three, that was Kucherov's worst performance. Not just on that play that produced the Caps' second goal, but a number of shifts looked bad. Uh, for Kucherov, and I'm not alone in that. Now, one interesting thing in the post game that was brought up, and again, I know a lot of you don't like the national media talking about your hockey team, but you know what? For a lot of you, can't please you. You're pissed off when the national media talks about your team, and then you're pissed off when the national media doesn't pay attention and doesn't talk about them. So honestly, don't be hypocrites. Criticize one or the other. Not both. And you know who you are. That said, I like Keith Jones a lot. On the NBC and NBCSN coverage, I think Jones is as rock solid of an analyst for a particular sport as you're going to find on network television. Now, I could give you analysts for um, NBA with TNT and ESPN. I could give you... Uh, 
football analysts, college and pro, same thing for the networks that cover that. Keith Jones, to me, is always worth worth listening to. And Keith's not trying to bring a lot of attention to himself. He's not necessarily an overly negative guy. He's very matter-of-fact. He's very simple in his thoughts. He made the point after Game 6 that maybe John Cooper in Game 7 goes back to Miller with 86 and 91. And I would agree that putting Palat um, in the top six, yeah, if you're saying who are my top six offensive guys, Palat's one of them. But it hasn't really worked for Palat by putting him on that line. It might not be a good place for him. Uh, he might not be complimentary uh, to 86 and 91 with the way this series needs to be won. So I have nothing to go on that says that Cooper goes back to Miller with Kucherov and Stamkos in Game 7, whether it's to start Game 7 or within Game 7. And lines can change within a Game 7 when you get in a, a, a situation depending on what's going on in the game, whether you're tied, you're up, you're down, where there are certain players you want on the ice more than others. You can double shift certain guys. You can put lines out there, uh, different line combinations out there that feel give you what you need. Cooper will have last change in Game 7. John Cooper has always said um, about playoff series, he wouldn't mind, and you see how this played out this time, having the first two games on the road, but he never traded Game 7 in his own building. And that's also where those who early in any playoff series say a team stole the home ice advantage, I always say back to that, uh, that's funny, where's game seven? Nobody steals home ice. I get what you mean, but it's bullshit. Until the NHL or the NBA or Major League Baseball, all the sports that play the best of sevens, until you can win a game in a series and actually earn the right to host Game 7 from the other team, you didn't steal anything. You didn't. The phrase won't go away, but that's always my argument against it. It's a stupid phrase. It is a sports equivalent of it is what it is. I'm not going to go any further than that. Uh, so looking ahead to uh, to Game 7, I would look for some uh, possible changes in line combinations, whether we see them from the opening faceoff or uh, we see within the game itself, depending on how the situation's played out. You know, Barry Trotz did make a change within Game 5. He split up 92-8. and eight. And then sure enough, in game six, he was right back to having them together. So this is what coaches do. This is one of, I mean, coaches can only do a few things uh, at this point. You can change the goaltender, which neither coach is going to do. I thought at one point there in game four, game five, Trotz could have gone to Grubauer. Um, He didn't, and he won't in game seven. Uh, and I don't think he would in a potential Stanley Cup final situation. You know the Lightning aren't going uh, anywhere other than Vasilevsky 
barring an injury to Vasilevsky. So that's off the table. So neither coach has that card to play in game seven. So they can they can do the fire and brimstone speech. They can do the positive energy thing. Trotz actually did the positive thing in the Pittsburgh series where he was very uplifting and fist-bumping players and sort of being a cheerleader type, like a Pete Carroll type. It worked. So you can do that or you can you can go X's and O's. And that's line combinations, defense pairings. Who's skating with who? Who do you have out there against the other guy? Um, so that's what the coaches can ultimately do. All right. We will, uh, I will obviously be at game seven of Capitals Lightning. I know a lot of you will as well. Um, you, by now, you know the Stanley Cup final starts on Memorial Day night. Uh, whether it involves a game in Las Vegas against the Caps or a game in Tampa Bay against the Knights. Uh, If you're wondering why the NHL is waiting until the end of Memorial Day weekend to start the Stanley Cup Finals, um, it, it speaks to television habits. And the television habits, while they are rapidly changing, Uh, And more and more people don't even have traditional cable um, to watch at home. They have Netflix or they have Hulu or they have Amazon, uh, those type things. They're dropping cable television. Um, But if you're wondering why why not play Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, um, two reasons. One, uh, the NHL doesn't want to go up against the NBA. They just don't. Um, with the with the Stanley Cup final, and there's kind of a an agreement in place between. Remember, Gary Bettman worked for David Stern, so this has been in place for a while that the NHL and the NBA kind of avoid each other with their championship series. They do. They don't. They don't want to make people choose, and the NHL knows that most mainstream American fans. If a Stanley Cup final game was on at the same time that an NBA final game was on, a mainstream a mainstream viewer, television viewer, is going to choose the NBA game eight out of eight out of ten. Now, some of them would choose neither. Some of them wouldn't watch either. They're like, oh, a Stanley Cup final game is on. Oh, an NBA final game is on. Yeah, let's uh, let's see what's in the on-demand movies. They just won't watch either. But more people would choose the NBA over the NHL. So the NHL stays away from conflicts with the NBA. Um, depending on how long the West Finals, Rockets, Warriors, and East Finals, LeBron versus Celtics go, you could run into those conflicts on Friday, Saturday, and I believe Sunday. And also just... Look, a lot of you probably have Memorial Day weekend plans, and they may not involve you sitting around your couch looking for something to watch on TV on Friday or Saturday night or Sunday night. Notice even Saturday Night Live wrapped up their season the Saturday before Memorial Day. People are doing other things Memorial Day weekend. By Monday night, they're back on the couch looking for something to watch before they go to bed and go back to work on Tuesday. That's the explanation I can give you why the Stanley Cup Finals, second year in a row, 
maybe third year in a row, start on Memorial Day night. Uh, Remember, the Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast is sponsored by Brandon Legal Group, 844-4BLG-4ME. They are a full-service law firm. If you're in Brandon, terrific, call them. But if you're in Valrico, call them. If you're in Lakewood Ranch, call them. If you're in Lutz, call them. If you're in West Chase, call them. If you're in town and country, call them. If you're in Oldsmar, call them. I'm just thinking of all the golf courses in these various uh, areas. That's how I know my way around Tampa Bay. Yes, they are called Brandon Legal Group. That's simply where the office is. Uh, Don't hesitate to call them no matter where you live in the greater Tampa Bay area. They are a full-service law firm. Rather than me running down all the things they can do for you, I simply tell you they are full service. And I encourage you to call them and ask your question. And if they feel it is worth a free consult, they will tell you. They will not waste your time. They are proud supporters of my golf tournaments. They participate in my golf tournaments. Uh, I met them at a charity golf event, one of the best charity golf events in Brandon for Liz's Brandon Now Angel Foundation. That's how I met these guys. Um, I thank Liz for the opportunity to play golf with these guys and for meeting them. Uh, They do a lot for my golf tournaments, and I think if you have a legal need, they can do something for you. 844-4BLG-4ME. 844-4BLG-4ME. Brandon Legal Group your full-service law firm. Remember to subscribe to the Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast so you know when each new podcast posts. The next one will post sometime Thursday after Game 7. Win or lose, we will be there to talk about it and everything that comes out of Game 7, whether we are putting a wrap on the season or looking ahead to an odd Stanley Cup final against the expansion Vegas Golden Knights. Hey, Brian Bradley, they're not the Las Vegas Knights. You know, I'm one of these people who say to everyone in the country, don't call the Tampa Bay teams Tampa. Now, if you're referring to where they play, that's fine, unless it's the Rays who don't even play in Tampa. So for Brian Bradley to call them the Las Vegas Knights, that's not their name. Just like the name of the hockey team in Tampa is not the Tampa Lightning. It's also not the Ning. I love PTI, but I hate when the guys call them that. Um, Okay, got that off my chest now. About Brian Bradley on that Channel 8 postgame show. Oh, by the way, one more thing from that rough Channel 8 postgame show after Game 5. Uh, When Annie Sabo showed the highlights of Vegas beating Winnipeg in Game 5 and showed the game-winning goal from Riley Smith, still amazing that the Florida Panthers uh, basically said uh, to Vegas, you know, if you take uh, Riley Smith, we'll give you Jonathan March so also and a fourth-round pick. No wonder the Panthers haven't sniffed a trip to the Stanley Cup Finals since 1996 with decisions like that. Um, The most significant part of the highlight that Annie Sabo didn't show, and it was a one-hour postgame show, they had plenty of time, was how Dustin Bufflin whiffed 
on being perfectly teed up top of the circle, or actually not top of the circle, but well inside the blue line to fire a puck on net for a potential game winner. And he fanned on it. Riley Smith went the other way. One-on-one with uh, Hellebuck. Uh, That was cut out of the highlight and never mentioned. Come on! Show you show you know hockey. Show you care. Put in the research. Okay, enough on that. Uh, subscribe to the Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast, and uh, you will know when the next one drops. And then potentially everyone after that will keep going for as long as the Lightning keep playing in this postseason. Thank you very much for listening to the Todd Wright Lightning Playoff Podcast. Sponsored by Brandon Legal Group. We'll talk to you after Game 7.